Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Anatomy of Motherhood podcast. So happy to have you here and so excited to introduce you to my guest today. So we have Veronica Medina. Veronica is a clay worker, and she's been working with clay since 1995. She has both a BA in anthropology and an MA in art education from New York University. Her studies and travels had led her to ceramic studios throughout the world, influencing her perspective and knowledge of ceramic techniques and associated clay cultures. I think that is so interesting. Veronica has also taught at places throughout the New York City area and most recently at Dunn School and Solvang Middle School in the San Ynez Valley here in California. So thank you for being here today. So excited to chat. And I think the reason we connected through Mom Friends, which this is a small community, but also a big community. So it's really awesome to meet other moms who are doing really interesting things. And it's so exciting for me to interview you and get to chat today. Tell us a little bit about you on a personal level. Yeah, thanks for having me um, on a personal level. You know, I'm a transplant from New York. I went from city life to country life. I really love it out here. So for me, it's a... Yeah, it's a much, it's a much slower pace. So it's, yes. it's different. And I find just California in general, I went from Toronto to California. So going mm. from that East coast mentality to West coast is it's a big change. Things really kind of slow down a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. In a positive it feels, way. It feels good. It feels good to look out at the mountains and breathe the air. Yes, exactly. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned that you have a seven-year-old. So our kids I have are a super close in age. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's seven and she's currently in a dual language immersion program, which I'm really excited about. So oh, I love that. I'm not the only one teaching her Spanish at home. And yeah. my husband, uh, Chris, we're all together. He travels a lot for work. So, you know, it's uh, it's an adventure. We're with a family on the East Coast. So we go back and forth a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel that. And it's it's hard not having family here, especially when your husband travels, because then it's all you. Yeah, especially when you're trying <laughs> to run a business like I am. It's, exactly. It's interesting. <laughs> exactly. So tell me about that. So tell me about starting your business. What really led you to starting the community Clayworks here in San Inez Valley? I fell in love with Santa Barbara County and the Valley for obvious reasons, right? Yeah, paradise to live on yeah. here. And I needed a way to find a place that I could do what I loved. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like uh, there was the right fit for me in the schools, even though sure. I was offered the job at the public high school because of my experience. Right. I would have to go in at a much lower level than what my experience level was. So I'm almost too experienced to be able to go yeah. into a public school, even yeah. though I'm actually, you know, credentialed for that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, but I really love teaching and I really love clay. So that's sort of intrinsic to who I am as a person. And I kept thinking, well, how am I going to stay in this place that I love and do what I love? You set life goals for yourself. And I kind of figured like, it's now or never. My husband was the one that initially had pushed me to see if I could do it. And I actually started the business a few years ago while I was still teaching full-time. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a long story, but I essentially negotiated. I agreed to stay on working at the school if they would let me use their ceramic studio in the evenings to start my business. So that was the way I would, I I piloted the program to test the viability 
Yeah. So before COVID hit, I had three classes that were sold out. So that's 10 people on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that was my, my proof that yes, there's enough demand. People will show up. If you make something, it'll survive. You'll be okay. Tap into the tourist market. I think you can do this. So that's what kind of gave me the confidence to be like, okay, now how do I go about doing this in a brick and mortar? Yes. And it was a slow transition. I mean, COVID shut me down and then, you know. Of course. And I feel like, yeah, (laughs) it it was so hard during that whole time because even for myself, I actually owned a studio downtown that opened Mm -hmm. maybe six months before COVID hit. And same thing, it, everything was running really well and going great. And then COVID hit and I just had to completely switch my entire business model because I was like planning to run group classes and all of a sudden group classes were not really an option. So it's as a business owner, I think you learn to pivot. And that's something that a lot of people have gotten really good at over the last few years is, okay, how do I make this work? How is this going to suit my lifestyle? And how does this serve the people that I actually want to work with? And I think in certain ways, it provided this opportunity for me to have the time and space Mm -hmm. to do all of the other groundwork that was necessary. So it's like the filings with the states and the filing with the insurance, what, you know, software system will I use for registration and what, Mm -hmm. you know, there are all of these steps along the way that I was knocking out in that sort of low. And I ended up deciding to just quit my job and do a business full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of the resources that I found, Santa Barbara's um, Business Development Coalition, SBDC oh. was really helpful That's in providing a lot of knowledge. So it is a resource that's free. I love that. Um, I actually didn't know that. I highly suggest that anyone that looks to start a business, contact them. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you are in the process, they allocate a certain amount of um hours towards helping you. So if you have legal questions, um, marketing questions, they'll direct you to other people within the organization that are specialists that will give you advice. So even the advice of like, I had someone train me on like how to do my bookkeeping so that I could hire a bookkeeper to tell her how I wanted it done. Or, you know, the lawyer that says, do not touch payroll with a 10 foot pole, outsource that because the fines are tremendous. Right. If you're going to have employees, this is what you have to do. So like even little questions like that, yeah. a 20 minute conversation, it's oh, amazing that to have is that so as helpful. a resource. And I think so many people don't realize how many of these little pieces go into starting a business. Like a lot of us are like, okay, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. So I'm going to teach or I'm going to train or whatever that looks like. But when it's now your business, you want to make sure that you're running it properly as well. And I think that like you said, kind of that legal piece and all these things that you really just wouldn't even think about unless you had someone to help you with that. So I think that's a great resource for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And if anyone actually wanted to figure out if their idea was viable, there's Mm -hmm. the Women's Economic Ventures Yes, that is located in Santa Barbara. Um, I was already running the business for long enough that they suggested I didn't take it because I was a little bit more ahead of what that program would have provided. Right. So they kind of just pushed me into like being more supported at like the next level. I love that. And I love that you use those resources. That's amazing. So after you left your job and you were working on this full time, 
How did that, how did you balance that with also having a child at home and also running the household and everything else? How, what did those days look like for you? (laughs) I mean, those days are still continuing, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, do we ever really find balance? I don't know. I think there are certain things that anyone that is a working parent has to consider. Absolutely. When you put a lot on your plate, especially if you're in charge of a business or you're in a position that's going to be more high powered, there's going to be a Mm trade-off. There are going to be days where you feel like you're not doing any of them well enough. And often when you're like hitting the home runs in one, it means you're neglecting the others. Absolutely. I feel like that all the time. (laughs) I hate to say it, but on some level, it's becoming comfortable in that space that you do the best you can with all of it. And sometimes you just have to find what has to be prioritized when, Yes. right? And you try to make the space as much as possible. So for example, um, because my husband travels a lot, Mm -hmm. I have tried to have someone else work on Fridays during the day so we can have some alone time together to do a hike or just have adult time. However, unfortunately, that also means that like when I have no time in my schedule all week long... That's where people try pushed. to schedule uh-huh. on Fridays. Yes. And it feels like, but that's my time. And you're like, I'm sorry. That's but- exactly what happened to me last week. Because mm-hmm. same thing. We try to hold Fridays for lunch. And it was something that I fought for. My husband was like, absolutely. And then what did I do last week? I totally scheduled over it unintentionally, but I had people cancel earlier in the week. So then all my calls got pushed. And then I was like, great. So now I'm sucking at work. I'm sucking at being a wife. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, It's a really, it's hard. But then on the other hand, sometimes when you're running your own business, that's just what has to happen because you do have other people relying on you as well. Yeah. So it's, it is a balance, but it's about making that effort or like recontinuing that effort. Yes. Picking it back up the next week. Exactly. it It is. And it's one of those things where I don't think I would ever discourage someone from starting a business. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to really set up a network of who's going to support you yes. and making sure that both people are on board, even if it's begrudgingly, right? My <laughs> husband, <laughs> he's so supportive, but at the same time, it's not that he was excited about my doing it. Like he's right. proud of me, but he's like, oh crap, this is like, the, yeah. Miracle. Like, did it have to be this? Right. So <laughs> you're like, this is, this is a hard, a hard road to go. Why, you know, why did you choose the hard path? But yet, <laughs> but it's so much still, more rewarding. Yeah. But he still respects and supports the choice. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's here hammering away and building things for me. And uh, it is what it is. Like it, there's, right. there's a lot. So, but I definitely would say just communicating and look, you know, having it out and then like moving forward, those kinds mm-hmm. of things are just yes. inevitable and you just need to do it to be able to survive it. And as far as being a parent, I feel as though I try to involve Amelia as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I love that. She sometimes has to come to work with me on the weekends or if, if mm-hmm. my husband's traveling 
And I'm like, all right, I really need help with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And there are tasks she can legitimately help me with around the studio. I love um, that. And it's not just sweeping, you know, <laughs> child <laughs> labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but getting her involved and getting her to see what, how much work really goes into this. You know, my business is community clayworks. And yeah. for me, it really was about building a space that I wanted to participate in. Yeah. So I I really see myself as a facilitator for creating. It's like, I need to nurture a creative safe space in order Mm -hmm. to create this foundation for creativity to occur. Right. Right. If you don't have that, then people don't have their guard down. People aren't willing to talk. People aren't willing to share ideas the same way. So for me, it's how do I create that space? How do I support people to feel good there? So Mm -hmm. that this can be this like safe haven that people come and relax and unwind, right? So in certain ways, I feel as though she participates in the modeling of what it means for people to care for one another. And she has all of these surrogate grandparents and aunties and uncles because she walks and she's like, oh, hey, hey, so-and-so. She knows everyone. And she has these personal relationships with people of all ages and Mm -hmm. she runs up to them and she hugs them. And so great. conversely, for a lot of people, sometimes it's like they don't get to see their grandkids very often. So they get to hang out with her, right? Yeah, it's nice. So there's something really beautiful and special that, I feel like she gets to participate in. Like, I think it's, it's teaching her compassion. It's teaching her how, you know, sometimes you have a difficult client and she hears me lose my temper at right. home about a I difficult bet. situation and yeah. how to pull it together and how to be able to, you know, take the high road and mm-hmm. communicate effectively and stand your ground. And those are the kinds of things that are really hard Yes. Well, and the nice thing is too, is you're modeling that behavior, you're modeling how to problem solve, how to show resiliency. Right. And I think those are really important skills for children to see. The other thing that I like that you mentioned is how you are, are really working on that community piece of it. And it's the same thing with fitness in a lot of ways where people will come for the coaching or they'll come to learn something, but they stay for the community. So if you build that community, that's why people, they want to come, they make it part of their weekly routine because it's something that they look forward to, not something that they have to do. So I love that. I love that so much. Let's talk a little bit about finding your identity again, because our kids are around the same age. So now we have school age kids, which we all know it's very different than when you have a newborn. When our kids were little, we all feel like our world revolves around this thing that needs all of our love and attention all the time. How did you find your own identity again? And how do you blend that with still maintaining that identity of being a mother or being at home? I think if I go back to the baby stage for just a second, I distinctly remember my sister and what I call my other sister, which is our shared best friend that we grew up with. They came to visit me when my daughter was a year old. They Mm -hmm. came to Santa Barbara together and we had a wonderful trip and they sat me down and they said, you are a shell of your former self. Mm -hmm. This is not healthy. You need to go back to work. This staying at home with your baby business, like this is not, it's not you. you. Yeah. 
And I was like, it's not. <laughs> uh, thank you for, thank you for saying that out loud. Yes. <laughs> and it's not to say that there's so many beautiful things you enjoy about something, of but course. I found myself being the person that was like desperate to find the other person on the playground that was willing mm-hmm. to have a conversation that was like, it had nothing to do with children yeah. and had nothing to <laughs> yeah. do. I'm like, did anyone like listen to that, you know, right. that piece on NPR? Like, I'm like somebody. Yeah. So for me, it was, I need to go back to work. And then I did go back to work and I went mm. back to work as an educator teaching high school the way I had been before. Sure. And then there was that transition of like, well, what's my next thing? Mm. Right. So I think often it's not necessarily a reinvention, but it's that trajectory of, mm-hmm. I've got that challenge. I know how to do this. I know that I've gotten good at this. I've built the skills to do this. What's what's my next challenge? How am I going to expand what I'm already knowledgeable in? Or how do I improve myself? Like that feeling of, I have purpose. I have something to give. Mm-hmm. What is that going to be? What does that look like? This was a challenge, obviously being a business owner. Right. And it's still a challenge, right? Because for me, it's how do I balance delegating to employees. Mm -hmm. How do you manage a handful of employees, right? These are new things for me. And it's, and it's not always the things that you want to be putting your energy and thought into, but you have to. And so that's what I find that a lot too, where I have this need to constantly be learning and growing and doing something new and something exciting. It's almost like as soon as things start feeling stagnant, I'm like, okay, what's next? What am I doing now? But there's still a lot of other things that I need to work on that are important. So how do you like, then you end up spreading yourself really thin. Exactly. So it is this balance of learning how to delegate yeah, and also figuring out what are people best at? So who should I delegate what to and push them and guide them so that they become good at those things and they continue to be engaged. So it's suddenly I'm, you know, it's like a managerial situation, Mm -hmm. but also stepping back and realizing when the joy in what you're doing is dissipating, why is that happening? There's so much administrative stuff that you do as a business owner. So much of the tedious, like I'm a secretary for my own business. Even (laughs) if I do have a bookkeeper, I do have someone doing X, Y, and Z. The part that I love, I started to feel like I was missing. Yeah. Yes, I needed a little bit of space or a break from teaching too much, right? Because you don't want to get burnt out. Right. But then it's also going back to teaching and being in front of a group of people and being like, I did it because I want to hang out with all of you. And this is so much fun. It's so energizing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. As an extrovert that really enjoys that, like I get a lot out of seeing people's excitement in that space and knowing that I get to be a part of watching them grow. I have to balance the parts that I love with parts you don't love in order to make my job feel gratifying to me Absolutely. so that you start to feel like, cause clearly no one's going to get rich opening up a ceramic studio. Let's be honest. Right. It's not a tech company. Right. So yeah, you, exactly. you have You're to, like, I'm trying here, but <laughs> you do it for the love oh, of it. Right. Like, totally. so it's, it's one of those things where if it is a labor of love, you can't lose the part that you love because of all the sacrifices you are making. So in that sense, it's the identity of like learning to take care of yourself in that respect, because you're responsible for the own, your own responsibilities at your job. Right. So it's like, how do you define it for yourself? 
So, well, and I think that plays into too bringing up that financial piece of it is how people make the decision to go back to work after having a baby or choosing to stay home. Because we Mm -hmm. all know that is a really challenging decision for a lot of people, because for some people, it may not make sense to pay for childcare or have your kid in daycare or whatever that looks like if they are going back to a job that isn't particularly high paying. But on the other Mm -hmm. hand, staying at home may not feel like a good fit or it works for them and their family. So then I feel like there's a lot of women, and I hear this from my clients that are stuck in this in-between where they're, they're wanting more, but then the financial piece gets in the way. And then it's this back and forth kind of like, well, I'll wait it out until my kid goes to school. And I feel like that, that is where people lose themselves. And so if you have any advice for moms out there on how they can still foster that creativity, foster that energy while still being a stay-at-home mom? I found connections to be able to make artwork, whether it was like, you know, a neighbor's little, their own personal pottery studio. So I could go in and Mm -hmm. get a few hours a week in for myself because it's something I need. I'm, you know, clay is my thing. So I remember the longest period of time that I went without clay was after I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe my mom also recognized I was losing myself. She's like, <laughs> you can come over in the basement and I'll set up a table. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. Like, yeah. But I, I remember opening up a bag of clay and there's a distinctive smell of like, almost yes. like this earthy mustiness. And it's this comforting sensory moment. And for a lot of people like, you know, maybe it's like a yoga mat in that right. smell of the mat it's or the whatever it is. Exactly. And it feels like home. And it's mm-hmm. this moment where you're so sure that this is something that resonates with you and is good for your soul. So whatever that is for whoever it is, whether it's cooking, right? Like whatever yeah. it might be, if you're finding that moment that feels resonant, whatever that is to cling to that and listen Mm -hmm. to that, because that's almost listening to your body and we can overthink things or we can feel so cloudy that we don't even know how to take care of yourself. Whether it's reading a book, whatever that moment is that makes you feel like human Mm -hmm. cling to it. And like, it makes you feel like you exactly. Yes. And And I think that's so key from there carving out that time. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with at first. And that can be really hard. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be, I'm carving out two hours a week for myself to focus on something that brings me fulfillment that is outside of taking care of my home or children. And I will say for me, even having my daughter in one of those uh, like mommy and music classes. Oh yeah. It was, that's how I actually met a lot of my Santa Barbara girlfriends because I hadn't lived there long. Right. But having other moms to connect with Mm -hmm. that you find, you have to just find your people. And sometimes you have to re-find new people. I found that too. I kind of went, I went through a few different iterations of friend groups throughout the years Mm -hmm. and it wasn't ever intentional. And I've talked about this before it, when, 
we have friends that we end up drifting away from a lot of times mm-hmm. it's just a different season of life. So those were your friends for that season, but exactly that constantly having to refine new groups of friends that worked with where I was in my own situation, where, how old my daughter was, what she was interested in. And it's just been really interesting through the years to see how that's changed. And because it doesn't necessarily mean you lose those people. No, and it doesn't. They just float in and out almost. They flo- exactly. Know? I was going to say, there's a lot of people that I would spend a ton of time with maybe five years ago. And it's not that they're not my friends. I may see them once every six months these days because that's how it is. And that's fine. And I think I was feeling a lot of guilt around that. I was feeling guilt about not maintaining those close friendships that I had when Addison was really little. But the bottom line is everybody has gone different directions. Some people stay home. Some people are working. A lot of people have moved away. So it's just hard to be stuck in that mindset of, oh, those were like my mom friends. And so I have to stick with that forever. I think the beauty is when you you know you have close friends when you don't need to see them. You don't for six need to months. see them. Exactly. And you see them and not a day goes by and you just pick up where you left off and that's beautiful. Absolutely. I love that. And that's actually one of the things that I've tried to be more intentional about lately is reaching out to people and saying, Hey, I miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. Let's get together. Cause I feel like we all kind of get stuck in our own routines and our own busyness. And mm-hmm. You, you know, with your studio, you see, you're spending a lot of time with people. And so I find with me with training, I spend a lot of time talking to other women and I feel like that fulfills me, but then I forget that it's different when it's clients versus getting together with some of my girlfriends. So I think that too, like we talked about carving out time when your kid's little, also when your kids are a little bit older and you have your own stuff going on, carving out time where you can just reconnect with people that you've been wanting to see and just haven't made the time or uh, effort to really make that happen. Yeah, it's important. Well, let's wrap this up. This was such a great conversation. You are a delight. I'm so excited for your next event. So tell me a little bit about what you have going on for Valentine's Day. Um, I have a BYOB sip and spin. Uh, That's basically you bring a bottle of wine, you get on a potter's wheel, And you just have an introductory potter's lesson for a couple of hours. And we'll have some chocolate and cheese out for people to nosh on while we do it. But otherwise people, yeah, people can just come uh, and learn how to work with clay. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And then you can find all the information for this. I'll put this in the show notes, communityclayworks.com. That's where you will find all the different offerings. I know you do offer children's classes and adult classes and I know Uh, My other friend was telling me about a couples thing that she went to. So you run a whole bunch of different options, which is amazing. Well, you can make anything out of clay. So yeah, I love it. (laughs) And then tell us where we can find you on social media. We are at community underscore Clayworks. Perfect. Well, I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you so much for being on the show today and we will talk later. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. All right. Take care.